Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Molly Mintz from the Opinion and Analysis Desk. Donald Trump's relationship with Vladimir Putin has prompted scrutiny and caused controversy, as has the U.S.'s sanctions against Moscow and the Forbes list of Russian oligarchs republished by the U.S. Treasury. However, the U.S. president's stance on America's policies in regards to Russia may become clearer when he meets the Russian leader and attends the NATO summit, says Courtney Weaver. Will Putin play his cards right, or will Trump stiff-arm the strongman? It was just hours before the midnight deadline and the lights at the U.S. Treasury were still on. Fed up with the White House's inaction over Russian meddling in the 2016 election, Congress had passed a law requiring the Trump administration to name the top Kremlin cronies. Their aim was to corner the White House, pressuring it to deliver a list of people and businesses that could be the target of future sanctions. President Donald Trump was already furious at the effort, and his key officials, the Treasury Secretary, National Security Advisor, Secretary of State, and White House aides, quickly found themselves facing a conundrum. Some U.S. officials worried that simply to name a select group of people close to Russian President Vladimir Putin could prompt them to move assets back to Russia and thereby undermine the impact of any forthcoming sanctions. However, if they were to create a classified list of names, that would prompt further accusations that Mr. Trump and his administration were soft on Russia. There were disagreements at every level, say people with knowledge of the decision. H.R. McMaster, the former National Security Advisor, and Rex Tillerson, the former Secretary of State, were taking a more hawkish public stance against Russia. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin pushed in a meeting with Treasury colleagues for a more innocuous public version. The soft version won. Minutes shy of Congress's midnight deadline, the Treasury put out a list cribbed from Forbes' annual survey of the country's wealthiest people. The Treasury list included mistakes. Some of those listed no longer did business in Russia or had seen their assets seized by the Kremlin. With Mr. Trump due to meet Mr. Putin in Helsinki next Monday, the debacle over the list is symbolic of one of the most striking features of the Trump administration. It's contradictory and at times incoherent policy towards Russia. Administration officials admit in private conversations that confusion is the fruit of a clash between a president with a perceived affinity for Mr. Putin and the tough line on Moscow that other members of his administration claim they are setting. In interviews, a dozen current and former officials reveal an often disjointed approach to Russia. While some officials claim the U.S. has been successful in taking a tough approach to Moscow, others say Mr. Trump's rhetoric has at times undermined his administration's stated policy. His presidency has been overshadowed by continuing congressional and special counsel investigations into whether the Trump campaign colluded with Moscow to help him take the White House. While the president has attempted to dismiss former FBI director Robert Mueller's investigation as a, quote, witch hunt, his detractors blame Mr. Trump, who has lavished praise on Mr. Putin. We don't know what's in that box, a former administration official said, referring to the Trump-Putin relationship. There might be nothing in that box, but the box is still there, the official says. In a week when the Western alliance is likely to come under intense strain, the U.S. approach to Russia will be under particular scrutiny. On Wednesday and Thursday, Mr. Trump will be in Brussels for a NATO summit, at a time when many of its members fret about the growing threat from Russia. NATO was once considered a bedrock of American foreign policy, but has been repeatedly criticized by Mr. Trump. 
The EU countries at the NATO meeting are also now the target of American trade tariffs. Then, on Monday, the U.S. and Russian presidents will hold their own remarkable summit, a one-on-one meeting with no advisors in the room. It was Mr. Trump, U.S. officials said, who took the decision to meet Mr. Putin alone. Mr. Trump's conduct is especially important because of the number of key issues that are on the table, including the military crisis in Ukraine, the war in Syria, and a renewed nuclear arms race. U.S. intelligence agencies widely fear Moscow will attempt to meddle in the November midterm elections, repeating tactics they are accused of employing in the 2016 presidential polls. The machinations over the oligarchs list is one of the most striking examples of the administration's difficulty in forging a coherent Russia policy. Administration officials offered contrasting justifications for reprinting the Russian Forbes list. While some describe it as the least bad option, others were embarrassed by the move. I started hearing a little bit of, oh crap, one former administration official recalls being told by current treasury officials. We were all holding out hope that something might happen to rescue it, the official says. His former colleagues, he says, had put together a detailed briefing on oligarchs close to the Kremlin. However, that briefing was relegated to a classified annex. They did a credible job and got bullied out of it at the last moment, the person says. A Treasury spokesperson said the list was absolutely not done at the last minute. Nobody was pressing to make significant portions of the classified annex public. The spokesperson added, A day after the Treasury rolled out the widely panned Forbes list report, Mr. Mnuchin was on the defensive. At a Senate banking committee hearing, he described the annex as an extremely thorough analysis. He said new sanctions would be levied against Russia in the near future. Some current and former officials say that announcement caught many of Mr. Mnuchin's Treasury colleagues off guard, paving the way for an unprecedented set of sanctions on April 6th, which targeted seven Russian businessmen and 17 Russian officials and their related entities. Other officials involved in the policy insist the government had been planning tough sanctions all along, but were hampered by hoops imposed by Congress that overwhelmed the U.S. sanctions bureaucracy. Senior administration officials say the seven Russian businessmen targeted were chosen because of involvement in malign activity over the past five years related to election meddling, malicious cyber activity, or Russian involvement in Ukraine and Syria. However, one of the targeted individuals, Oleg Deripaska, controls Russia's largest aluminum producer, Rusal, meaning the sanctions created volatility on aluminum markets. The Treasury has now granted multiple extensions for the mostly European trading partners of Rusal and investors in Mr. Tarabaska's London-listed holding company, EN Plus, to wind down their holdings. An administration official who was involved with the sanctions accuses colleagues of rushing the process. I understand we wanted to do something quickly, but that came at the expense of due diligence, the person said. The Treasury was also criticized for issuing so many waivers for Rusal, something a current official at the department acknowledged was uncommon. You know we didn't do our homework on Rusal because of the volume and the speed of the waivers issued. That speaks to panic, said one person close to the administration. A Treasury spokesperson described the waivers as a normal strategic measure. Just 10 days later, Nikki Haley, U.S. ambassador to the U.N., said additional sanctions would be forthcoming following an alleged chemical weapons attack in Syria by the Russia-backed regime. Those sanctions never materialized, fueling reports that the U.S. was once again softening its stance on Moscow. The sanctions confusion exacerbated tension between the U.S. and Europe at a time when both sides were sparring about Mr. Trump's decision to leave the Iran nuclear deal and the Paris Climate Accord. While Trump administration officials insist there was coordination with the Europeans before the April sanctions, others dispute this characterization. With the April 6 sanctions, there was no coordination with the Europeans beforehand. They did not discuss it, says Anders Asland, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council think tank. A Treasury spokesperson said the agency sometimes had to limit advance notice in order to avoid asset flight and other risks. One European official calls the sanctions a salutary warning of what happens when there is not enough coordination, noting that the U.S. actions have managed to temporarily paralyze the entire aluminum industry. 
Angela Stent, director of the Eurasian, Russian, and East European Center at Georgetown University, says that by producing deeper fractures between the U.S. and Europe, the U.S. had effectively pushed Europe closer to Russia. French President Emmanuel Macron recently traveled to St. Petersburg as a guest of Russia's annual economic forum, while German Chancellor Angela Merkel met Mr. Putin in May in Sochi. For Europe, there is still a strong inclination to remain on the same page as the U.S., the European official says, but some leaders are becoming exasperated by Mr. Trump. In Moscow, multiple people with long-standing ties to Mr. Putin's entourage say the objective of the sanctions was as much a mystery to them as it was to U.S. critics. It's like they're doing it with no brains and no hands, one says. Now everyone understands that dumbasses are making the decisions. There is no logic and no sense, the person said. One Russian businessman says the stated U.S. goal of targeting oligarchs in the hope they would appeal to Mr. Putin to change policies had not worked. We don't get what it's for. If you think we can go to Putin and tell him what to do, you don't understand Russia, the oligarch said. Putin loves this. The regime is winning. The people like it because nobody likes oligarchs and the state consolidates assets, said the oligarch. With the NATO and Helsinki summits, European officials fear a repeat of Mr. Trump's previous trip overseas. In June, he went from insulting G7 allies in Canada to glad-handing North Korea's Kim Jong-un in Singapore. John Huntsman, the U.S. ambassador to Russia, has vowed that Mr. Trump will drive the discussion on malign activity and election meddling. He knows the facts and the details, and he's disgusted. We all talk about it a little differently, but the president has talked about it in his own way, Mr. Huntsman said last week. However, a former senior administration official paints Mr. Putin as a wily operator who might exploit Mr. Trump and extract concessions from the U.S. without delivering anything in return. Putin could get a two-for-one from the summit. Get Trump to remove U.S. troops from Syria, claiming it would mean Russia could bring Iranian influence under control, and get movement on Ukraine and convince Trump Crimea is essentially Russian anyway. Putin knows how to play his cards, he says. Thanks for listening to the FT Big Read. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on all the usual apps. This episode is produced by Molly Mintz. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.